This episode of 614 Startups is brought to you by Share and Eco. Share is a ride sharing service for the rides you take the most, like rides to work or school. Check out ridewithshare.com and transform your commute. Ecove is a venture development company founded to pursue early stage investments in the Midwest. Visit ecovecapital.com and learn how they are bringing life-disrupting technology from the lab to humanity. Welcome to another episode of the 614 Startups Podcast, your entrepreneurial guide to life and success in Columbus, Ohio. Follow the stories of startup founders as they journey from idea to scale to impact. 614 Startups Nation, welcome back. I am so sorry I left you for so long, but I got a great present for you this time around. I'm in the building with my man, Pat Gibson, a.k.a. P. Hollywood Rap Ooh. Chat. What's up, man? What's up, bro? Happy to be here. All right, man. You're kicking off season two. Season two mm. is going to be hype, and we want to kick it off with one of my favorite, well, two of my favorite things, hip-hop, music, and business. Hell Thank yeah. you so much for being here. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, we're doing a little bit different this season. I want you to give us an overview of what Rap Chat is. Cool. Yeah. So Rap Chat is an app that lets you create, share, and discover discover raps all from your phone. Uh, so we work with producers all around the world um, that supply about a minute long beats. Uh, you can go through, pick whatever you're feeling, uh, then take it right to uh, your own studio right in the app. So you can drop a freestyle right on the spot. Uh, we also have a notepad where you can write down your rhymes if uh, you need a little extra help there. Uh, but once you save that track, you're able to upload it directly to your profile, send it directly to friends, and then basically share it anywhere. So you can text it to your friends, you can post it on Instagram, Snapchat, SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook, like I said, virtually anywhere. So it's basically like Snapchat and Instagram had a rap baby. Okay, awesome. That would make one awesome baby, and it sounds like Rap Chat is that baby. Is that baby. Growing, growing strongly, going to be a very strong young man someday. Okay, awesome. Now, how did you get your start? I mean, let's rewind the tape. Where are cool. you from originally? Uh, I'm from Westerville. So, grew up in Westerville, went to Westerville North, um, went to college at Northwestern University up near Chicago. Um, but, yeah. Awesome. Now, I know you've done your stint kind of in the social media scene, which makes sense that you would build a business around social sharing, right? Mm -hmm. Recording raps and then sharing it. So uh, looked at your LinkedIn, a couple positions there in social media strategy, mm -hmm. and then you ended up out on the West Coast working for 500 startups. So what was your kind of entrepreneurial journey coming forward before starting Rap Chat? Okay, um, I'm going I'm to start back because it's kind of like a, it's, it's a beautiful marriage, as you will be able to see. So um, in high school, I, we can touch on it a little bit more, but I'll, I'll keep it very brief to get there. I started rapping as a joke in high school, um, grew into a group and we took it seriously. We opened up for Big Sean, Machine Gun Kelly. Um, what was the uh, name of the group? Uh, Sizu. Shout okay. out Sizu. It was actually, I was inspired by Wu-Tang very, very, uh, heavily coming in high school. And instead of Brooklyn Zoo, we were Columbus Zoo. But obviously everyone knows Columbus Zoo, and it was kind of like a joke. We were the the Columbus Zoo, like not the not the the actual zoo, a rap group. So we shortened it to to make you know more sense and less branded with that to see Zoo. Okay, so uh, my so I'm originally from West Africa, Liberia. Okay. And when I came to the states, Monrovia. 
uh, Monrovia is the capital city. Okay. That's not where I was born, but I lived uh, quite a bit of my life there. Got you. So I came to the States, 12 years old, never owned a rap tape. Mm -hmm. First rap tape I bought was Jizza Liquid Swords. Swords. Nice. So my introduction to hip hop, like my first actual album, when I could choose any album to buy, I bought a Wu-Tang album. So I understand once Wu-Tang gets in your veins, mm. you're instant fans, uh, a fan of that group. So Sizu... You start there. Yes. What happens next? Um, so I was, you know, in in college at, at Northwestern, um, doing. I actually had a soccer scholarship. That's why I went out there. And then during the off seasons, and I'd, I'd be back here for the summer. We would do a mixtape every year. Um, but so I graduated from Northwestern. Uh, the first job I got, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I loved the idea of startups. Joined a um, a budding company called Intern Sushi. Uh, where I was helping lead um, business development efforts. Uh, specifically, it was like a LinkedIn, but for internships. And it was a little more you know, sexier, focusing on sports, music, tech, fashion, movies, TV, things of, things of that arena where it's harder to get into. So we gave people a digital platform beyond a piece of paper where there'd be video uh, interviews, uh, video resumes and just having a more digital portfolio to showcase yourself. But um, throughout that process, um, I was doing my music on the side and I was using social media to build a fan base, um, seeing my numbers go up, pitching to blogs, um, working with that. But as I was working with these, these, my, my job with Intern Sushi was to get some of the coolest companies to post their internships on our platform. So um, some of the cool companies I worked with or got on was uh, Warner Music Group, Billboard, um, U.S. Soccer Federation, um, Atlanta Hawks, Under Armour, things of that sort. But I noticed uh, the HR people that I was talking with, because part of our strategy was, hey, you have these these listings promoted on your social channels so you can tell your interns where to apply for you guys. Um, but I noticed how like unsavvy they were with social media, and um, the company ended up not working out. Um, so I left then and knew I wanted to get involved with social media. I had experience throughout college, uh, and this was seeing it starting to bud and become a new professional uh, field. Like mm -hmm. social, working in social media didn't exist like when I first came into uh, college. Um, but so I saw that I, I worked for another startup um, doing social media for small to medium sized businesses, uh, and then took that experience, went to some digital marketing agencies um, throughout Chicago, bounced around a couple, ended up landing at a, a top one right before I went all in on, so, uh, all in on Rap Chat, um, where I was handling all the paid uh, social media marketing efforts for uh, Intel. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. So social media, you, you know, one of the things that I think m most people take for granted is once you see what social media can do, you become a, con uh, a, mm -hmm. a convert, right? You're completely 100% sold on it. What do you think that most people, even to this day, still don't quite understand about social media? Um, that's a good question. Um, a lot of people think of it as like too time consuming or, you know, expecting immediate results. And so like if you start an account tomorrow, like a lot of people, if you're a business, you're like, man, I don't have time to run this this campaign all day and post pictures like post all these selfies, like whatever it is. And then they post one selfie and they get zero likes and they're like, man, screw this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so that's a bit of it, but it's just, it, it's the conception that like, 
you're not limited to people in your immediate surroundings. And so really understanding how, I mean, social media mirrors real life, right? It's just digital adaptions of communication that we have. Um, so it's, it's being able to take that to the digital world and being authentic, being, you know, creating a brand, um, being consistent, um, and, and realizing that you're able to reach way more people than just a billboard down the side of the street where the whole city can see you, but it's also trackable, right? So, um, I just, as I started learning more of the business nature and all the analytics behind it and the value of seeing, um, exact behaviors from, from your, from your users or your potential audience, whatever it may be, um, how valuable that is versus a, you know, a TV ad or a billboard on a bus driving by that you can't track. So, um, it's really just understanding what you want to get out of it. So like whether that's app downloads, whether that's more people coming to your restaurant, maybe it's more sneaker sales, whatever it is, it's just really understanding the capabilities of it and, um, just aligning that with your goals. Awesome. And so while you're working uh, and you make this transition to manage social for some pretty big brands, mm -hmm. are you working on the idea of rap chat behind the scenes? How does the idea kind of yeah. come to you? Uh, yeah, so definitely to answer that question. Um, so me, like with, with a bit about my background with, with the music, like I had been, um, I was in the group and then when I graduated and was in Chicago, I started, you know, doing it solo. Um, where I was the producer, I'd make the beat, I'd write to it, I'd record to it, I'd mix it, I'd master it, and then I'd have to market it. I was Russ before Russ was call, telling everyone he mixed masters, engineers, produces all this shit. So I was doing all that, um, and it was just tiring and exhausting. I was seeing like really good numbers. I was building a fan base worldwide. Um, some of my songs were seeing success. Numbers wise, I was getting like over a million plays on YouTube and SoundCloud, um, but I wasn't selling my music for reasons because I was sampling, um, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, but like, I was just so worn out from the process. I was splitting time between my like full-time job and do, trying to have a music career where I was doing shows, all of that nature and building, you know, making my mixtape. Um, but it was just so exhausting and, and not seeing that immediate reward and that it, I should be successful, but I'm not making any really, any real money from this. So I kind of took a step back and I'm like, yo, I need to focus on something that puts money in my pockets. I need to focus on business. I need to focus on my job, elevate that. Um, I actually had an idea for a sports app that I was working on while my partner, Seth, um, he was the one who came up with the idea for Rap Chat at um, Ohio University Startup Weekend. Um, where he was just with his buddy freestyling, you know, was not trying to be a rapper, but there was a beat on, they're just messing around. It's like, yo, there should be Snapchat for rap. You should be able to record a rap over a beat and send it to a friend. So when you say there should be Snapchat for rap, mm -hmm. that means this is something recent. How long ago was this that you guys were having this well, conversation? Well, kind of recent. So this was 2013. Okay. So this was when Snapchat was starting to take off and, and getting its, gotcha. you know, mass appeal. Um, so with that, he took it, pitched it, won first place, won a whopping $1,000. Uh, but that was enough. Where? Where did he pitch it? Uh, at Startup Weekend okay. at Ohio University. So he won that. 
uh, won a Wobbly $1,000, but that was enough to get an LLC registered, get RapChat the name, uh, trademarked, all of that, and was able to build a small team that was invested in this product. Um, he hit me up because we actually both grew up together in, in Westerville. He was good friends with my little brother, um, knew I was rapping, producing all that. So I was just giving him more advice and feedback like hey man like yeah if you want to use my beats like this is cool like use my beats so you don't have to worry about any copyrights or any of that st stuff use that um i was just giving him ideas i'm like yeah you should do this like oh how are you thinking about the marketing plan and i knew they were still far away so i was i was staying involved but um i still had my own stuff going on but then after some time like it became apparent he's like dude you need to come on like you, you need to join as co-founder. We need to do this together. So it made sense and and came on board. But this was, I mean, it's been a long journey. It's 2018 now. So we didn't have a, a workable version till June 2014. So it took like a year to build a beta. Um, then there was like another year of <coughs> beta 2.0. And this was our first initial launch. And we had some moderate growth like it was like i think the first day it was like 100 downloads but there had been buzz around it around ou's campus because seth had won it and people have been talking they're like yeah it's a great idea when can i download it when can i download it? so he had all these people waiting uh granted it took a year but from there we were you know put it out there and it just had a little bit of downloads day over day to over day we then implemented this feature where you can share your raps virtually anywhere. So instead of having to have the app to receive a rap from a friend, um, you could share that rap on Twitter, Facebook, or text it to a friend. And at the end of November, 2014, um, we started some seeing some traction. We're like, okay, we thought we were the shit. <laughs> and it was the end of, end of November and we had 10,000 downloads. That was the metric that mattered for us. I mean, since then we've obviously grown up, wisened up. Um, and you know, tighten down on our metrics and all the things that matter. But downloads was the benchmark for us. And so we had 10,000 downloads at the end of November, thought we were the shit. At the end of December, it was 30. At the end of January, it was 90. At the end of February, 180. Next month, uh, 360. The month after that, 450. So we were like, went through this wave and we were growing. And at the, at the time, Seth was working full-time night shift at Progressive um in cleveland and i was working at um i can't remember which i was working in social media marketing in uh chicago but for both of us it was like every day i'd come home from work and i was managing the social media accounts and it was really vital to our initial growth was anyone that tweeted about rap chat mentioned rap chat any of that we made sure to interact with and, and built a brand through that way where you know yo, we just downloaded rap chat and it's like engage with them immediately like like the tweet respond reply with a funny gift any type of meme of that sort and people like felt ecstatic like oh my god rap chat tweeted me like oh my gosh retweet retweet and so we were able to get this crazy like so free social awareness um just by engaging with people and you could see it was i would like zone in for like two hours <laughs> and just respond to tweets and we could see our following growing we could see our numbers growing and we had that, but at the, at the same time, we had no money. We didn't know what we were doing, and we were still part-time, but we knew there was growth there. So we were like, yo, we saw the social network. Uh, you know, We need to hit up venture capitalists. We need to raise money. This is what we got to do. Um, so one of our first meetings was 
we reached out. We we're going to go to Silicon Valley. We had reached out with, to some investors ahead of time. We're like, hey, this is what we're doing. We'd love to take a meeting while we're out there. Uh, reached to, I'm not going to say the name, but we reached out to one of Snapchat's first investors. And it was a big VC fund. And they said, okay, what's your DAU, uh, daily active users? And at the time, we were like 10,000. Like, okay, well, in three weeks when you're in town, if you get to 20,000, we'll take a meeting with you. We're like, okay, cool, no big deal. Uh, when it came, we hit 30,000. So we're like, okay, they asked for 20, we'll do you one better. We got 30. We're thinking of all the ways we're going to spend the money. We're like, oh, we got this. Um, walk into the, the meeting, uh, it was crazy, on Sand Hill Road. Like, it was the first time out there, first, just wide, eyes wide big. Like, what are we doing here? This is nuts. <laughs> um I spit like a, a freestyle. I remember I included their name, like the two partners' names in the freestyle. And like when I was done, they just looked at me like, hmm, cute. Like, like that was the reaction. Like it was, I was like, okay. But anyway, um, you know, last time we talked, you said we should be at 20,000. We're at 30,000 now. So like, what's good? And uh, it ended up being a 15 minute meeting, the quickest meeting we've ever had. And we flew out there for it. But they were, Long story short, they were concerned about our retention and our our analytics platform. The data was um, incomplete, so like it takes some time to propagate. So like they were looking at incomplete data that was like maybe over the span of a couple days versus a week. So like it was inaccurate to what we were actually at. Um, so they were like, "You need to be here," and right now you're here. And we're like, oh, "Okay," and then we went and double checked our numbers and looked at. It. We're like, "No, like we're actually there," mm -hmm. but. Um, Anyway, should so I why, keep going? I'm, I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. a while. No, no, that, I want you okay. to. That's yeah. okay. Because all of this is important because it yeah. gives me an opportunity to truly understand the journey, right? Mm -hmm. But why was your first reaction to go to Silicon Valley? Why not find, you, because that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. That's what we're really trying to build that kind of community here when, hey, if you have a great idea, you can get it funded. Right. Here. Why was your first thought to go west? Well, one, this was back in early 2015. Um, so I think the only time, I mean, I was in Chicago and he was in Cleveland. And so like we had reached out to different, you know, funds. Uh, there wasn't the, the amount of funding or firms that there are now, but we were just, I mean, part of it, I mean, that, that's where we thought we had to go. Like that's, that's the Mecca of it, right? Like if you're a rapper, you want to go to LA and link with all the producers and labels there. Um, so yeah, that was really it. We we looked up and we had reached out to some big investors, saw our growth, and they were open to taking meetings. So we're like, let's go out there. We got to meet with them. This could be our, our big shot. So I know they said it was the numbers. Mm -hmm. Do you think it, because I think a lot of people still underestimate hip hop. Do you think it, it, it had anything to do with the audience or was it truly they were just kind of blase about the numbers and if the numbers had truly been 20,000 in their estimation they would have given you the money do you think it was just the numbers or you think there was more to it um it's interesting to say i mean vcs are professional no sayers so like whatever they say they're they're trying to get usually they're trying to say no in the most polite way to keep you hooked and, and engaged just in case you do make it or something and they can come back and circle around on it I mean, one, this was, this was our first meeting with them. I think we had, we had shared our analytics dashboard, which was a learning experience, uh, early ahead to verify that, yeah, look, we have 30,000 DAU, like we're not bullshitting. Um, but like 
a lot of people are jaded and we probably were jaded at the time too, like based on Shark Tank, right? You think you can walk into one meeting and leave there with a check. Like that rarely ever happens. So there probably had to be a lot more due diligence and meetings to progress from there for us to get something. But um, they were worried about our retention, um, which is another metric, you know, when it comes to mobile apps, it's acquisition, how many downloads you got, engagement, are they engaged, how much are they using the product, and then third, retention. You know, are they coming back to use the product pro product on a monthly, weekly basis, et cetera. Um, so, I mean, there was a myriad of reasons they probably could have gave, um, but it ended up being probably a blessing in disguise. We actually saw that they invested in a similar company that's a competitor that um, has probably a tenth of a fraction of the numbers we do or even did at the time. So it was like, really? So that, that kind of is, is like, yo, was it the numbers or was it this? But like, we did, it was a 15 minute meeting. So we right. didn't even have that long to, you know, really pitch them on it. Um, so gotcha. Yeah. So that happens. Mm -hmm. Head down. Or what happens next? Okay, so we took a couple more meetings, um, and me and Seth, like, we're talking to each other, and cause Seth was working night shifts, so, like, he would get back from work at, like, I don't know, 7 in the morning or something like that, and so he would try and, like, do meetings or getting calls with teams on, like, early in the morning, or he'd stay up, um, and uh, so, like, he... We eventually came to the, the, the proposition that he was going to quit his job because that means we would be able to fundraise quicker. We'd be able to devote more time and just things were going to happen better for us. So um, this was spring 2015. Um, we actually reached out. I'm going to leave most of the names out of this because uh, we reached out to a local uh, fund in town um, and we're really close to a deal. We thought we had a deal on the table. Then last second they pulled it. Um, we had talked with some people at the time and they didn't think the deal was very favorable. So it ended up being a blessing. So, uh, we probably would have rejected it, um, when it came down to it, but we, you know, we were on the cusp and we thought, you know, we really only had like five or six meetings and there was real interest and people were like, wow, this is like blown up. I'm hearing about it. Um, so we actually, um, applied to Techstars. This was in 2014 in Chicago before we even had a product out. And we got, you know, to the final round, whatever. They, they thought the idea was cool, but we didn't have a product live in the app store, so it was hard to, you know, really show what you had. So we stayed in touch with them almost as advisors and mentors that they gave us, you know, some, some insight to any of the offers we had that weren't very good. Um, but so that, that it came back around to the time for their next batch, a year, a batch a year later. And we had stayed in touch and we went from literally having zero users to the 300,000 plus. So we thought we were a shoe in. We're like, yo, this is easy. All right. So this is June. I quit my job. Like I'm like already checked out. I've been checked out for months and Seth had quit his job, but he's like, okay, I've got a family friend I can stay with in Chicago. I'm going to come up there and we can work together. Let's do this. Um, then it turns out we didn't get into Techstars, which was like a major slap, shock, like slap in the face, shock. We're like, wow, like I can't believe that. How did this not happen? But they gave us like free office space for like three months uh, in Chicago. So we took that. We're like, all right, whatever. Like we still knew we were in like product mode. Like we, it was really just a few of us working on this and we needed funds to grow the team, to build out, hire more developers, 
we had ran through a couple of developers and at this point Seth had been teaching himself how to code uh, for the past six months and this this summer that we get rejected he like we had a, a guy on the cusp that if we would have had funding from Techstars like he would have been in but we didn't get in so he was out mm -hmm. and so Seth was really the main coder he self-taught himself and was building the app getting us to that next level um, so we were doing it every day, grinding, and you know it's just hard. It's it's really hard, and I kept you know trying to maintain social media, doing what I could, but at the same time, uh, I'm living in Chicago, paying rent out of my savings, and we don't have any money coming in. Um, so I had to go get another job. So I was like, bro, like I just need I need to survive. So I got a job. He was weeks away. This is like the fall of 2000. 15. He was weeks away, September-ish, weeks away from being like, all right, dude, like I just need to go home to Columbus, figure something out, get a job, and, and start moving forward. So we, as a last-ditch effort, we, I mean, not even last-ditch, but we, we didn't have any money, so it was just like, <laughs> you know, whatever. So we applied for 500 startups in Silicon Valley, um, and, you know, we had our first meeting or call on a Tuesday. They liked our numbers second call on Thursday, you know, we're really selling them and they're like, all right, um, we'll let you know tomorrow morning. Uh, can you guys move fast? Because the program starts next Tuesday. And we're like, uh, I'm like, like I'm at a loss for us. I'm like, there's no way. But Seth just immediately promised, Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll, we'll make it <laughs> like, okay. We don't hear to them from them till like 10 PM the next day on a Friday. And I'm on the way back to Columbus. Cause it was like Columbus weekend. And I had Monday off and spend time with friends i was going to a buckeye game and seth was driving back to ou for homecoming and so by the time i land we hear and Seth's like all right you ready to go like you ready to go on tuesday i'm like dude i got three days worth of clothes and my work's laptop on me like i can't just not show up to work on tuesday so he's like all right well i'll, I'll go and figure it out so he gets out there flies out there that was our first amount of funding so we were able to get one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars through that program um, for us, 500 startups was a much better fit. Um, they just were more focused with apps, consumer, mobile, whereas Techstars was a little more revenue um, focused and SaaS products and, and things of that sort. Um, where for us, we were just trying to grow a user base. Uh, but that that like moment allowed us to go all in. I quit my job, a different job, um, and headed out there sleeping on an air mattress in this place. We had our, our developer who we had never met in person. He was working out of Southern Illinois, flew out, met him for the first time. I was sleeping on an air mattress. He was sleeping on a futon. Like it was just grind. It was startup, like all of that. But it was really cool because we were able to meet um, people from around the world. There was 40 other companies there and just being able to bond and, and we're all in the same spot, even though our companies and businesses are so different. But, um, we're out there for for seven months. Had an opera that, that program ended was awesome. Had a lot of relationships um, with investors started there, and then we had an opportunity to go to L.A. with half the amount of rent. So we were paying three grand for this shitty two bedroom in in Silicon Valley, in Mountain View, and we had a fifteen hundred dollar a month opportunity in Hollywood. So we jumped on it. It was my friend sub subleasing a friend um took it we're in hollywood we're getting all these meetings like we had met with at both coasts all these meetings having great meetings nothing went wrong but no one was like willing to be the lead investor They're like okay cool sounds good come back when when you got a lead investor 
Like, why don't you lead? Why, why don't you be the lead investor? Like, oh, no, no, we don't lead. We don't lead deals. So it was very frustrating, but came to a pivotal moment. It was uh, August, September, or no, August 2016. We're like, all right, our term on our sublease ended. Like, what now? Like, we don't have any money coming in. We're running low on our funds from 500. Um, what do we do? So we're like, all right, let's just go back to Columbus, live with our parents, free rent, you know, full ass fridge. Uh, don't have to worry about food and let's just figure it out <laughs> for the first time in a long time right? for the first time in a long time so we come back and like coming from la to to columbus i wasn't the most excited i was like yo this is just a pit stop let's just you know get our stuff together and go back out um but like being back here i like saw how much the city had changed i'm like just going down high street i'm like what what is going on like i don't even recognize this place um, and, and Seth had, had touched base with Rev One Ventures, and we had talked to them like a year prior and didn't think it would have been a good fit for either of us. But they had two young guys on their investment team, and, and they started digging into our numbers, and they liked us as people. And, you know, we were talking to firms in Detroit and Chicago at the time, too. Um, and, you know, for Rev One, they've never really invested in a social media app, not many apps in general, let alone music apps, let alone hip hop. So um, for them, we were just, you know, we didn't expect them to, to be a partner, but we're able to, you know, sell them through our enthusiasm through that. Hey, we're in your backyard. We are, you know, Columbus locals like we grew up here and we want to help the city, you know, grow and build through our company. Like we we want to be a part of this movement that seeing everything go. So they came on board as a partner and that was just like, yes, like that got us. And we were able to pay ourselves for the first time, January, 2017. That was our first paycheck. But with that, we moved out of the parents' house. Uh, we moved down to the short North and we had this four bedroom house, um, like the social network, uh, hacker house where it was going to be our office and where we lived. And it was just me and Seth at the time set up our office. Um, we started, you know, more people getting some interns our developer from st louis ended up moving um to columbus and so we were all huddled up all in one place all in one place and then we were able to close the round after that like six months at um well actually not close we were able to meet our goal of, of raising a million so we hit a million in june uh, but then we had additional interest opened it up uh and didn't close that seed round till um March of this year, so we closed on 1.7 million. Wow! Um, and we, we got an office on Front and Broad downtown. Um, but in a little breathing room. In a little breathing room. Um, we've been spending that money since since June, and we're you know already having conversations about you know the next round of funding too. Um, but it's it's been a wild, wild ride. If that, you know, we still feel like we're just getting started. Like this is the first time we have money to like actually do it you know like mm -hmm. we, we're used to telling people hey we're gonna do this this is our vision this is what we're gonna do we just need these funds and now it's like okay here's our shot the ball's in our hands right like you got you've been shot. training for this you've been in the gym putting up shots like now you're in the game like you gotta you gotta deliver so that's awesome so revenue model for rap chat right mm -hmm. so how does your revenue model work um so to answer that question we're not really focused on revenue we're more we're we're pre-revenue right now so kind of along the lines of all these social media apps that start up the Facebook before, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, all of that before these ad models is just really building that, that, that wide user base. So mm -hmm. we have different areas that we're going to explore and we've, we have right now we have premium beats so you can 
get a full length beat for like a buck, buck 99. Uh, we have some beat packs that, you know, from some top tier producers that you can, you know, buy them at discount, um, things of that sort. But what we're doing is essentially digitalizing the music economy. So the pillars of recording, right? We give you a free studio and, you know, we can add extra layers and upgrades to make the sound more features, more tracks, uh, mastering services. But, um, with all the pillars, like there's the pillars is, is, is creation, collaboration, um, distribution and discovery. And so each one of those pillars in itself is its own thriving economy. So it's, it's um, baking that into our app um, and, and bringing all of that together into one central spot. Okay, so before we wrap up, I know you mm-hmm. and I, via social media, is mm-hmm. how we connected via the DM on Instagram. Yep. And we've been talking about some things on the DM on Instagram. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so I don't want to make the announcement yet until we know for sure we got something in the bag. Okay. So how is that looking, the thing that we're talking about? How is the bag? Yeah. Um, the bag is being filled up with goods okay um so yeah uh going across a couple um different canvases if you will Uh um to layer some art on top of um but there's developments the bag is 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 getting ready to be shipped for delivery okay if that makes sense yeah so that's code for something big is coming between rap chat and 614 startups listen Pat, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I mean, your journey is absolutely epic. If you guys haven't, yes, that's right. (laughs) We're just getting started. If you guys haven't heard uh, Pat's music, he goes by P Dash Holla. Yes, sir. You should follow him on Instagram. Instagram is epic. He makes me want to go to the club when I look at his Instagram. (laughs) Uh, You know, the guy's out there. He's having a a good time, but I know he's also connecting with his audience, keeping his finger Mm. on the pulse of what's happening with music because music needs to be experienced live, particularly with hip hop. That's the way you learn how uh, the music is moving the crowd and what that next wave is. Uh, Check him out on uh, Spotify. I've been bumping your stuff. Heavy, heavy. What's your favorite song? Uh, We made for this. Made for this. Made for this. Nice. I love the album work, too. I need that on a sweatshirt. Okay. I need that on the website, on the store. We will push that sweatshirt heavy, heavy. Uh, But we wrap up every episode with my one takeaway. And my one takeaway is never quit. Yes. It is always darkest before the dawn. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of 614 Startups. Peace. Thank you so much for joining us on the 614 Startups Podcast. My name is Elio Harmon. Episodes of the podcast roll out every week at www.614startups.com and on iTunes. Don't forget, follow us on IG and Facebook at 614 Startups. Peace.